Welcome to this episode of Safe Home Podcast for struggling teens and their families finding their healing path. I am Beth Syverson, a mom of an 18-year-old son, Joey, who has been dealing with drug addiction, depression, anxiety, and suicidal ideation for several years. I am walking beside him as he struggles with his recovery while I work on my own personal growth and healing. Please note that this episode deals with drug use and might not be appropriate for young children. So a few weeks ago, our son Joey was diagnosed with CHS, cannabinoid hyperemesis syndrome. It's a disorder that some people get when they are heavy cannabis users or regular cannabis users, and it causes you to throw up nonstop and with also with nausea and stomach cramps. I took Joey to the ER a few weeks ago because he couldn't stop throwing up after three days. And luckily, a doctor there recognized the unique symptoms and gave him this diagnosis. The only cure is to completely and totally avoid all cannabinoids, THC and CBD and weed, plus other foods like hemp seeds, flax seeds, chia seeds, walnuts, and black peppers can also trigger. When I was sharing about this diagnosis with a friend at church, she said her husband just experienced the exact same thing earlier this year. Hugh Dashbaugh's CHS story is remarkably similar to Joey's. Both of them really want to get the word out about this disorder. It's easy to attribute the symptoms to any number of other gastrointestinal diseases. So we want to make sure people know that this disorder exists. So welcome, Hugh, and thanks for coming to Safe Home. My pleasure. Thank you for the invitation. Yeah. I know this is not a super happy topic, so thank you for digging into this <laughs> with us. I'm hoping it will help some other people avoid, you know, years of wondering what the heck's going on with them. So um, so w- just so people can get to know you, you're not 18 years old uh, doing weed like my kid is. Uh, who, who are you? What is your relationship with cannabis? Let's start there. Well, I, I started at 19, 20. I used it for a few months and then gave it up for the sake of a relationship. I came back to it in my late 20s for six months or maybe a year. I quit again in 1980. And I'm also an alcoholic. I continued drinking after I stopped using marijuana. I stopped using alcohol in 84, 85, something like that. and. The thing that has driven my use of cannabis and probably alcohol is depression and anxiety, mm-hmm. yeah. much as you described Joey's experience. Yeah, he has the same thing, and it it seems to numb numb out a lot of the pain you get from depression and anxiety. So I, I wrestled with anxiety for a long time. At 64, which was 2015, my kids had graduated, moved out of the house. I no longer had to hold that responsible image. Mm-hmm. I had heard that since California had legalized the medical use of marijuana, mm-hmm. that that might help manage my anxiety. Mm-hmm. I spoke to my primary care physician. He was encouraging, but said he could not recommend it because he was afraid of his, for the sake of his license. Really? Even after it was law? He's um, still a little nervous. Well, cannabis recommendation was driven underground by a political witch hunt in the 40s or 50s. I don't mm-hmm. remember the I remember the history exactly, but the stigma remains for the physicians. Yeah. There are a few physicians that um 
particularly those that were focused on pain management, mm. that decided they would recommend cannabis for patients they thought it was appropriate for. Okay. I contacted one. We had an interview. I described my anxiety, what I was trying to accomplish. He asked how I wanted to use it. I said I preferred to use edibles rather than trying to smoke it. I didn't want to clog up my lungs. Mm -hmm. So he gave me some recommendations for what kind of products to use, how to use them, how to dose. Edibles are tricky because it's easy to overdo yes, them. Yes, really tricky. That's really strong. But it's safer than smoking. It for is. sure, because you're not wrecking your lungs. But yeah, you have to be careful. <laughs> They're really potent. With that advice, he did give me a, a medical recommendation. And I used it, what I thought medicinally, for about five and a half years. Mm -hmm. And it did have a remarkable influence on my general level of anxiety. Mm -hmm. I used it in the evening. I didn't use it socially. And initially, I had some of the happy responses to it. I could occasionally get giggly, mm -hmm. but I never really had a psychedelic experience in my adult use. Okay. Just helped you sleep, helped you calm down. It, it resolved a lot of insomnia for mm -hmm. me. I, was, I felt much better physically. Mm -hmm. It helped me lose 50 pounds. Wow. I thought we'd made you want a snack. I didn't have that experience. <laughs> it didn't really give me the munchies. Interesting. I think that's partially because I was using it as an edible mm. and wanted, didn't want a lot of extra baggage in my digestive system yeah. Yeah. to dilute the effect of the oh. cannabis. Oh, okay. Very good. That's probably why. So, Very good. And I wasn't sitting in front of a TV watching cartoons and giggling and then reaching for a bag of Doritos. Yeah. I continued to work for the first hour or so. Mm -hmm. I continued to read for another hour or so. And then I'd settle in with a math or physics video to finish out the evening. <laughs> so I was cognitively engaged uh -huh. the whole time I was dosing. Mm -hmm. the, the second year, I, I saw this doctor to renew the recommendation. He asked how my stomach was. Mm. said I was fine. He warned me at that time that I may experience some nausea or stomach discomfort and recommended that I manage that by eating something that would coat my stomach, like bananas. Okay. I didn't really have much nausea um, until probably four years into my use. Mm -hmm. And then I remembered that I'd been warned that I have some stomach discomfort. I attributed the nausea to a particular new strain of mm. cannabis I was using, set that aside, and went about my daily routine. Mm -hmm. I didn't have the prodormal phase of uh, CHS, where it gradually builds. You start to feel nausea. You learn how to manage the nausea with hot showers and all of that. Mm -hmm. It just hit me one night. Okay, so it didn't come on slowly for you. It just like, bang. It came it on suddenly, and it didn't really persist after I got treatment and rehydrated. Well, it persisted. The discomfort persisted for a week. Mm -hmm. But the vomiting did not. Mm. Vomiting resolved itself within a day. Okay. But it left me in a condition where I couldn't eat or drink anything for about three days. Yeah. It was hard to keep water down. Yeah. Oh, Joey kept throwing up water. I'm like, what am I supposed to do here? <laughs> I don't know how long people can go without 
any water. So that's, that's ah. one of the biggest risks of CHS is dehydration. Yeah. Or kidney shutdown. Yes. Yeah. I was really afraid of that because he, you know, he's using. I don't even know what substances, so I don't know how compromised his body already was. So I got really worried. So I took him to the ER. I'm like, oh my goodness. And he just could not stop. It's like, how can you throw up? There's nothing in there. Is that what you had to? Yes. And and more than just the frequency, it's the velocity. Mm-hmm. Um, it is hyperemesis. Oh, it's a nightmare. Um, it, it is reminiscent of Rosemary's baby's <laughs> projective vomiting. Yeah. It comes out with such force. Yeah. I attribute it because I, I rationalize, I, because I tend to rationalize, I attribute it to food poisoning. Sure. That's what food poisoning would do to you, right? Food poisoning also generally presents with diarrhea. Mm. Didn't have diarrhea. Mm-hmm. I just had vomiting. Mm. So it, this periodic vomiting went on most of the night. Mm. It started about 11 o'clock. The nausea started about 8. Mm-hmm. The vomiting started about 11. Mm-hmm. By 5 o'clock in the morning, I had bilateral pain in my back at about my waist, and that scared me. Yeah. That meant my kidneys, kidneys were affected. Yeah. Kidneys, definitely. So I woke my wife, asked her to take me to the ER. Mm-hmm. I presented as a food poisoning patient. They admitted me, put me on IVs, ran blood tests, ultrasound, found that nothing was severely wrong with me. Mm-hmm. And the ER physician, I don't know remember if I volunteered that I was a cannabis user or if he asked, mm-hmm. or we discussed my use of cannabis. And he suggested this might be CHS. Okay. And... As anyone in denial will say, I didn't want to hear that. Yeah. But the idea stuck with me. So I got there about 5.30 in the morning, about 9 o'clock. They give me enough IV, mm-hmm. anti-nausea, and a opioid yeah, something for to the calm pain. me down, mm-hmm. sent me home about 9. And before you went to the ER, had you heard of CHS, or was this the first time you'd heard about it? First time I heard about it was at the ER doctor's recommendation. Okay, same for us. Mm-hmm. And so when you went home, what did you do? Suffered. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I could barely move for four days. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I couldn't keep, this was Sunday. I was until Monday that I could reliably keep down um, diluted pureed vegetable soup. So I didn't, re- didn't really eat for four, three or four days. Mm-hmm. I struggled to maintain enough liquid intake to keep out of dehydration. Mm-hmm. That kind of faltered by Wednesday. By Thursday, I started feeling like I was dehydrating, mm-hmm. redoubled my effort to consume more liquid, and that resolved somewhere around Thursday. Okay. Thursday, I started being able to manage undiluted vegetable soup. Uh, really I didn't, couldn't really Oof. eat anything until Saturday. Wow. So it was nearly a week before I could really start to eat again. Now, this is slightly different than Joey's experience, I think, because of his youth. <laughs> he, it was horrible for, you know, three or four days he was throwing up. We were in the ER for 36 hours. Then in two days after that, and I, I gave him all these instructions. Okay, Joey, bananas, rice, applesauce, toast, you know, super mild foods. You might have to just drink um, liquids for a while. And, but, you know, being youthful, 
he had a hamburger and hot Cheetos. And I'm like, oh my gosh, what'd you do? He goes, no, mom, I'm fine. I'm not throwing up anymore. I'm like, okay, you're lucky. <laughs> lucky him. The ER, the ER doctor told me stay away from spicy and greasy foods. Yeah, because that upsets your stomach regularly, right? I mean, I figured that was a recommendation for a week or two. Okay. It was six months. <gasps> bef- it was six months before I could eat spicy food again. Really? Okay. So Joey's uh, either just lucky or just you know, youthful. The innocent, and, yeah. The advantage of youth. Yes. Oh, shoot. Oh, man. So that really affected your eating. And and then what'd you do with your anxiety? Because you were taking it's it. It's back. It's back. It's just, hello. So is the insomnia. Oh, no. Just live with it. I mean, I've lived with it for most of my life. I had a five-year respite. That was nice. But um, just part of, it's a familiar traveling companion. Yeah, it's like a comfy pair of shoes, right? Like, oh, hello. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say comfy, but familiar. <laughs> familiar, worn in, worn in pair of shoes. Yeah. Yeah, I I hear you. I have depression and anxiety too. It's like, oh, yes, I, this is easy to just get back into this mode. I know this feeling pretty well. Oh, are you, uh, were you, or are you tempted to use other substances to replace it? Um, I am tempted to look for therapeutic use of psychedelics, mm-hmm. but um, that's available in Oregon. It's not available in California. Mm-hmm. I've done some cursory looks, but I think I will wait until the legislation passes something that will allow a licensed mm-hmm. clinician to help me through a psychedelic experience, try to resolve some of the anxiety. Yeah. That's coming. It's not too far off, maybe a year or two. Uh, Hopefully. For PTSD, at least. Yeah, I'm hoping to. I think that has a lot of promise for uh, depression, particularly, and, and substance use, too, addiction. Uh, so, you're, you know, are you doing anything like uh, meditation or therapy or any of that kind of stuff in, to uh, slow down your mind? Um, no, I have been in, I've had a lot of therapy over the years. I'm 70 years old. I've had, uh, at least one stint of 15 years for the same therapist. Wow. That's been helpful. She had to stop practicing, so I no longer have that available. I don't really feel the need for that. But the thing that I stopped cannabis for when I was in my early 30s was was to restart a meditation practice. Oh, okay. So I've been meditating for about 40 years. Okay. That helps. Mm -hmm. But I'm still anxious. Yeah. I'm anxious right now. So. Yeah, sure. Uh, I know. It's so hard. And it's such a bummer because, you know, out of all the substances out there, weed is like, da, 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 da. here I am. I'm pretty safe to take, you know, uh, you know, it's much safer than alcohol, for instance, like by a long Heroin shot. Heroin is safer and, than uh, alcohol. Yeah. Alcohol is horrible. So, but it's so... Um, uh, accepted in our culture. So it's kind of weird. And, but, you know, weed is becoming more legalized in lots of areas. So a lot more people are using weed. And so that's why Joey and I, and you feel it's really important to tell people about CHS because, you know, a lot of people have stomach issues for years, maybe, I don't know. And they just attribute it to whatever. In fact, Joey off and on has thrown up like for several years, 
And we, none of us know if it's bulimia or CHS, or it could be both. I always thought he had bulimia. I'm like, okay, well, we'll fix that. You know, we'll work on that after he gets his addiction figured out. Uh, but I don't know, maybe he doesn't have bulimia. Maybe he had CHS all along and it just sort of ramped up little by little by little. That seems to be the common trend, the common path. I'm on a CHS support group in Facebook. And yeah, people seem to have been in denial for a long time. (laughs) They're like, okay, no, this can't be, it can't be it. If it weren't for denial, Uh, I couldn't get out of bed in the morning. That's right. (laughs) Um, I attribute my incidents because I was using it nightly. uh And I built up tolerance, took a few tolerance breaks, didn't take enough tolerance breaks. What I noticed with a tolerance break is the tolerance came back shortly after I resumed use. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you just have to keep but, taking more, stronger, yeah, stronger dose. daily use yeah. with an increasing dose, mm-hmm. uh, that's, I believe, what brought it on. It builds up in the system. Mm-hmm. With that substance, it, it, it's just like uh, a lot of things, you build it up, so you need more. And then, what I, as I understand it, your stomach chemistry completely changes irrevocably uh, somehow. It, with that sust- either sustained or really heavy cannabis use? Paradoxically, it, before you build up a high tolerance, it can be used to reduce nausea, to yeah. reduce pain. Remember for cancer patients, that was like one of the first medical uses was for cancer patients that were suffering from chemotherapy symptoms, you know, or, or side effects. It's kind of ironic, isn't it? And it doesn't happen to everyone. Yeah, see, but... For those of us, it does happen to, it seems to build up in our system and trigger inflammation mm-hmm. or something related uh-huh. that comes out later as mm-hmm. nausea and vomiting. Mm-hmm. Now, the thing that tipped off the doctor for Joey was he asked him if he was taking a lot of hot showers. And that seems universal. Everybody says it's the hot showers. In fact, a lot of people say, when I have uh, CHS, I have to go to a hotel because my wife or my parents won't let me sit in the hot shower all day long. <laughs> that's a that's a clear indication that something is wrong. Yeah. Any the other uh, common remedy is uh, capsaicin cream. Oh right, and I think it, somebody told me was it you that told me be careful what you do with your hands after you've rubbed capsaicin cream on your yeah, stomach. It, <laughs> it, get, don't get it on your genitals. Don't get it in your eyes. Oh, gosh. That's terrible. Wash your hands and then wash them again. Again and again. Yeah. Um, what to help Joey in the hospital was heating pads. Those mm-hmm. things that you break. So it kind of does the same thing as the capsaicin. gives you that warmth. Something in your brain, the, the body temperature button and the nausea button are in the same place. That's why oh. I understand that that works like that. I don't know. I've not heard that, but I believe it. Yeah. So that's a big clue. That seems to be what everybody that has this thing experiences as they just crave hot showers, hot showers, hot showers. So it's a flashing warning sign if you experience it yourself. It's a flashing warning sign if you see your child somebody else yes. trending toward long hot showers. Yep. So that's an easy one, right? Easy to spot. It's a clear clear cut thing. And then boy, that's what it is. And then no more cannabis for you for the rest of your life, (laughs) unless you want to go through this again, which people do. They relapse on the thing. 
they say, some people say weed is not addictive, but it absolutely is addictive. It's not addictive in the sense that if you cut it cold turkey, you won't die. Like if you would do that to alcohol or heroin, that would be really dangerous to just stop it. So right. sometimes that's how people say that you're addicted, but it's totally addicting for behaviorally, emotionally, people need that, uh, that feeling that it gives them. And so even people with CHS really severely, they continue to relapse and they're like, ah, oh, I did it again. I can't believe I did it again. I see that over and over in the support groups. So it's really, really tough. Without the resilience to just be by yourself with your own feelings, uh, it's easy to try to escape from them. It and is. And that provides a common and familiar mechanism for avoiding. Yeah. It's so easy, especially when you're younger, don't have so many tools in your tool belt. And um, yeah, it's a tough one. It's actually worse when you're young because adolescence is where you learn to deal with anxiousness, um, competition, mm -hmm. all of that. And if you, instead of experiencing those negative feelings of anger and angst and all of that, you're missing a lesson. Yeah. If you cover it up, um, yeah, yeah, you're, you don't learn how to use those skills, and then you have to learn it later. It becomes harder to learn later. Yeah, harder. Yeah, people are less patient probably because that's what you should have learned when you're an adolescent. So, yeah, that it is really, really tough. It's really tough, and so many people are using weed nowadays. So be careful out there. Uh, would you recommend people take more tea breaks? I don't have enough expertise to say. If that would uh, for sure help it. but I, I think you should be taking tea breaks. What is the T for again? I forgot. Tolerance. Tolerance break. T is for tolerance break. Yeah. I didn't take enough of them. Mm -hmm. uh, I didn't take them often enough. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I would recommend doing more of it. It may postpone your experience with CHS. Mm -hmm. It could prevent it. Mm -hmm. I just don't know. Yeah. I don't know how much this has been studied or how much you know, research money is getting thrown at this thing. Uh, I have a feeling, and from my sense of reading this support group, uh, ERs are like, oh yeah, here's another weed user, you know? Yep. And I, right before Joey got in the hospital with this thing, I decided to color my hair, just a piece of it blue. And so I'm like, oh great. Now I'm in the <laughs> hospital with my weed smoking kid. And they're probably thinking, oh geez, blue haired mom. What else have we got here? You know? <laughs> Hippie environment. Yes. But, uh, so I think that there's some work to be done as far as, um, empathy and acceptance and destigmatizing that whole situation. But um, is there anything else you'd like to say about your experience with CHS or substances in general or anything else? My, my advice for people that turn to substances to bury their own feelings is learn how to deal with your own inner self. Mm -hmm. If you can't do that, you're cheating yourself. Mm -hmm. So meditation, therapy. Therapy. Mm -hmm. Deep Whatever. thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> or, or just an acceptance that life is not always pleasant. Right. Life, life involves some discomfort, some suffering, and sacrifice. Mm -hmm. If you can't rise to that occasion, you're going to suffer. Yeah. Suffering whether, is... whether you bury it or not. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there will be pain in life no matter what you do. And I think uh, uh, Joy's generation particularly thinks... Uh, might come easier to them. You know, they could Google everything at the 
drop of a hat, you know, things are quick and they can, they're probably spoiled. I know Joey is spoiled and a lot of kids his age are spoiled and they aren't allowed to feel those pain points. And so when they get that inner pain, they're like, oh crap, what do I do with this? I don't know, you know, and, but just learning to, to go through the pain and get to the other side is important. And recognize that we're all the targets of a very sophisticated psychological warfare operation. It's been perpetrated on us since the 50s. The- Corporate advertising. Oh. They're pushing self-indulgence <gasps> to get you oh. to be a better consumer. Of course. So it's capitalism. The more self-indulgent you are, the more likely you are to avoid feeling discomfort. Right. So it's about money. Is that what you're saying? The whole thing's about money? I think it is. Yep. Yeah. Well, and uh, for the kids that are all smoking now or vaping, now guess who's owning the vaping companies? Tobacco. Uh, tobacco. Yep. All the big tobacco. Pharmaceuticals are next. Yep. Yep. So watch out there, everybody. They're not out for your... Uh, benefit. They're not trying to give you an easier way to quit smoking. Nope. They are trying to just get you hooked for the rest of your life. Like these kids, these teenagers that are, they're vaping at such high levels. So, uh, I don't know what to do about that. I made a podcast. That's what I'm doing about it. I'm trying to get people <laughs> to think about it a little bit more. That's all I'm doing. So anything else? That's, that's enough. I hope so. That's what I'm doing. So <laughs> We do what we can do. Yeah, that's right. Trying to help other people avoid the pitfalls that we fell into. So, well, I'm so glad you were willing to come on and share your story. It's not, you know, uh, it, it's you have to be a little bit courageous to say, okay, this is what happened to me. It's not a pleasant thing to talk about, but I'm really glad you did. I, and I know this will help a lot of people. I hope so, it does. Yeah. Um, if it, if it does, if it helps one person, it's all worthwhile. That's right. Well, thank you very much, Hugh. You're most welcome. Now, just a quick update. After the discussion I had with Hugh, Joey went to a checkup after the ER visit. And the doctor there doesn't believe in CHS. He doesn't think that's what Joey had. So now Joey's kind of confused. He's like, well... What do I, what's going on now? I don't know. And um, so now he's trying weed again and he's getting just a little bit sick. But I told him if he's going to use weed again, I'm not holding his hand all night in the ER again because he knows, <laughs> he knows that that is what causes this uh, horrible uh, symptoms of CHS. So hopefully he will steer clear of weed from now on and hopefully the medical community and culture will be more familiar with CHS so they can uh, direct people to the solution, which is abstinence from cannabis, unfortunately. Thank you very much for listening to this episode. We hope it was really informative and interesting and you can support Safe Home Podcast. We love to hear your comments, suggestions, or uh, ideas for guests or other topics. You can email us at safehomepodcast at gmail.com, or you can contact us through all of the social media sites. Just search Safe Home Podcast on whatever social media you like to use. We also publish these 
podcasts on YouTube because some people find it easier to navigate YouTube than a podcast app. So just in case that helps somebody. And we are on Patreon if you're interested in helping support Safe Home Podcast and keeping it commercial free. You can donate a very small or a very large amount monthly and Patreon makes it really easy to do so. We'd really appreciate your help and support in any way you can. Best thing to do is to share this information with other people so we can spread the word. Thank you everyone for listening and for sharing our podcast to help other people. And Hugh and I want you to stay Stay safe. safe.